Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers looking to uplevel their skills to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I am joined by Dan Frawley. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kamala. Yeah, thank you. The short story, I had a kind of a, a, a triple career. I was in the Navy in the first third did the Top Gun thing before Tom Cruise did. And then I I transitioned into business school up to Boston. I was a CEO for founders. I was not a founder type. I was kind of a scaler. And so I had the right skills for the scaler. And I just got the chance to work with these tremendous entrepreneurs and companies. And I'm sure in our conversation, I'll use a lot of examples because it was 25 years of of just wild and uh, across three companies and managed to have all kinds of fun, work with some really great people, talented people, a lot of good sales and marketing people. And then I ended up after CEB slash Gartner bought my company, I started a venture company within corporate executive board. And then uh, corporate executive board was acquired by the company that acquired my first company, which was Gartner. And so we had to spin it out. And long story short, that gave me a chance to start a uh, name Falmouth Ventures, which was the internally started venture group within CEB. And that's what uh, I currently do myself and one other individual. Dan, welcome back. We're going to be tackling a tough one on your last day here. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to be talking about why there isn't really longevity in the C-suite when it comes to the go-to-market team in B2B SaaS. I'll let you pick where we want to start. (laughs) Oh boy. As the companies go, so does sales go, right? So obviously there's that effect that's going on right now, right? We just said, I don't know if I mentioned this number, 200,000 people in the tech business have been let go in 23. 200,000. That's just through year to date today, right? On the other side of it, I see companies are killing it, growing, scaling, continuing. So what's the difference between there, right? Again, it gets back to something we've talked about in the past. This product market fit thing is so important, particularly for a salesperson or marketer. I think forget the CEO and, and the founder. As a salesperson and marketer entering a company, I really want to make sure I understood that the company had product market fit, right? And, and how effective was it and how, how uh, unique was it? Uh, what evidence was there to suggest that they did have it? Because those that don't have it, right, as I said, a lot of companies have uh, failed. They will continue to fail. And most of those are around product market fit. There are some that just don't, they're outside of that. I went through one um, uh, myself, a company called techies.com. It was a, basically the LinkedIn job board for techies. Mm-hmm. And we had, I think, two and a half million techies on our website out of the three and three and a half at the time. It was, it was salespeople said it was the easiest thing they'd ever sold back in 1999 and 98. <laughs> the world needed techies. We had them. Boom. Right. We grew the company to 600 people from 20 in two years. Wow. Okay, the cl- classic.com raised almost $50 million. Had a bunch of some of the most talented West Coast VCs on the board. Ironically, it was a Minnesota company. My second one, so I now had experience. I thought I knew what I was doing. Had an exit to the first one. Uh, we're going to take it public. In October of 99, someone offered us, I won't mention who, a nice price. But it was only a quarter of the valuation of the public offering. And so we said no. It was a $250 million offer. Mm-hmm. We said no because we had a billion-dollar valuation. I pushed to have it sold because I had gone through hell for seven years on the last one and had a nice exit. You know, it was a four or five banger but it was far less than that 250. And uh, reality is, as, as the board did not agree, we ended up moving forward and uh, went public in March of, oh, the market crashed. Right when we were going on the roadshow, never got out. And then I had to let go almost 300 people. And so to your question, many of those salespeople and marketing people were phenomenal, but the demand for technology people dried up, product market fit, 
was no longer, the market was no longer growing. So it isn't just product market fit. It's is the, how is the market doing? Okay. That's the second piece of it. In this case, the market went from phenomenal to atrocious overnight. And that's not the salesperson or marketing person's fault, right? It's just the, it's just the reality of it. You can't really blame the board. I wouldn't even say for being greedy, right? They didn't know what was coming. Um, you had great instincts and I see where they were coming from. Unfortunately, we have context and hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, Always, right? And that's what I said about there's the board with quantitative data. Why would you sell this for a quarter of what it's worth? The banker that was representing it was a top-notch investment banker. Why would you do that? And I'm this 35-year-old at the time, you know, second thing. And I'm like, that's a good question. I, all I can tell you is I don't know how it gets any better than it is right now. <laughs> and it turns out that was the hockey player in me, right? That was the hockey player. Remember I said, you go to where the puck's going to be, right? And yeah. so that turned out to be right. But they weren't wrong either. That's what makes these things so hard. Okay. They weren't wrong either. I saluted like a good military guy. You know, ultimately we had to turn it over to a restructuring company and just burned the whole, the whole investment was lost, right? Very difficult one for everybody. Those sales and marketing people were doing, tri producing tremendous results, right? Everything was lining up. You want to be curious that you have the, the micro, you know, how is the sales and marketing team optimizing the result within the current macro picture, which is product market fit and market health for that particular product, right? Because I said right now with our portfolio, I see some companies, they haven't, they haven't missed a beat. They have phenomenal product market fit, big markets, and this economy has not changed the uh, appetite for those. Others, I see that it has, right? And there, therein lies the challenge for marketers to try and discern in this environment and salespeople try and discern the difference. Why is our uh, open rate not so high? Our uh, social media campaigns were generating X are now generating half X, okay? Those are all important things. So it, it's so critical to be so quantitative and have your benchmarks and your framework down so you can see like a fighter pilot does when my altimeter tells me I'm gonna hit the ground, I pay attention, right? <laughs> It tells me my airspeed is suggesting I may have lost one of my engines. I pay attention, right? You need to pay attention to that, right? And yeah. it's the same for marketers and salespeople. If something has changed, you got to ask the question why and get to the answer why. How do we fix it if it's possible? Right. And I think some marketers might be wondering why I'm not just focused on the CMO because it's easy to look at stats like 80% of CEOs don't trust or are unimpressed by their CMO. There's some other research that's come out of the uh, Wall Street Journal recently. However, if you pull back and look around, salespeople, so marketers, they're about, the CMO is about 18 months. VP of sales is about, and the CRO is about 16 months. Average then, tenure? Yeah. The VP yeah. of CS in SaaS specifically is around 12 months, which floored me because I would have thought that CS would probably be, or customer success would be the more stable of the three. But that's not proved out in the data. So to me, it's kind of obvious the wind blows where it blows and that impacts marketing and sales. Do you have any insight on why CS would be so impacted or is that just weird to you too? In the pecking order, sometimes I think they typically get shot first, right? right. When you're in a difficult expense environment, right? Like one of the things that uh, I tell young CEOs in this environment is, don't just go out and try and finance your way out of it, okay? When you when, when the economy shifts, in some cases, we've had good company with good products, but the market has shifted. I said, you got to batten down the hatches. And my third one, my third company, this is, so I told you about the one that blew up, right? The, the first one that I stumbled with a relatively youthful inexperience, but managed to pull it off, okay? The first one learned a lot. The third one, now I've been doing this for a long time. 
get a board, grow the company very carefully, brought some great investors. We just went from, I think, from zip to $18 million in five years. It was around, I mean, it was 17 or 18. Uh, it was actually be 07, 08. And guess what happened then? The economy, right? Yeah. And so, yes, there was some shift in marketing. I, again, now trying to balance where's the puck going, but also pay attention to my instruments, did a, did a preventative cut, okay? So to your question, how did I prioritize those cuts, right? You, you generally, in that environment, your best salespeople are always going to be hard to, to let go because that's the end of some revenue, right? Same yeah. with your marketing people. CS people, you can believe, well, maybe I can load up more. So, you know, I can, I can add more people to it. Uh, or I can up, up the workload. And they can hopefully hang on for another six months or year till we get through this because you've got to cut all essential costs when you go through these things, right? In that case, we did. And the worst never came. We did pull back. We went from 18, after going every year, we went from 18 to 15 million, okay? But fortunately, we had been so uh, aggressive on cost cutting, we were still slightly cash flow positive. That was at the expense of some really good people. Yeah. Okay, who the whiteboard said, cut them. My heart broke when we did. Okay, that's just the reality of the, of the system we live in. You know, nine, we started growing again. And then in 10, corporate executive board came along and, and, and bought the company. So great, you know? We survived. That's what I tell CEOs today, which is you've got to look at a number of options, cut everything that you possibly can. If you're in that situation where your sales number is starting to wobble because of a market shift, et cetera, because survival is so important, right? To, to live, to fight another day, so to speak, as well as continue to look for financing, you know, et cetera, which is very difficult to do. But that's why I say series A is the right one to be at this time, because if you're looking for B or C with nice growth and valuation, it's such a hard thing to get right now. Uh, very, very tricky for, for again, the middle of the road companies. And I want to be careful, Camelo, because your top 15, 20%, they're always getting funded, getting bought. If they're screaming and their market doesn't happen to get hurt. There's always a small segment of those out there. Okay. And then the bottom end is the ones that fail. I'm talking about that big group in the middle that's doing pretty well, but you know, they're not killing it and they're not dying. Right. And that's a, mm -hmm. that's a sizable group. And that's the one that often has a, a lot of struggle. Like I said, at the beginning, remember 75% of venture investments, companies, um, typically don't return capital. And of that 75%, half of them go under. So it's a very difficult business. I'm wondering if another aspect of the CS leadership, so one of one of the last recessions, I remember looking at the marketing data and I felt like Chicken Little because I'm like, something's happening because the conversion rates aren't happening. But it took six months for that to actually impact new sales bookings. What we saw first was NRR being impacted. Because when there's a recession, people start rethinking their budget. And one of the first things they start studying is how much are we spending on tech? Do you think mm -hmm. that could also be part of the factor there? Sure. Sure. I mean, budgets are complicated. And, you know, nice to have versus must haves, right, is a, is a really big deal. It kind of gives you a barometer of how good of a job you did articulating those two, right? Good to have versus a must have, right? Remember with tech companies, there's... There's this scaling. And if you think about it on a relative basis, doubling is relatively small, right? When you're really, really small. So there's this tremendous changes that happen as you go from, from startup to, to bigger, to bigger, to bigger, right? And what I often find is roles like CS, again, as a former CEO, I said, you know something? My best salespeople, this is a mistake I see a lot of companies make. He can sometimes lead. So he goes from sales to sales lead. And then the requirement is as you grow, you need a leader. And a lot of times the 
the people that were phenomenal at sales and then sales lead, they didn't have the experience yet and they weren't ready to lead. Yet you put them in there because they were good at selling and then they fail in leading. I see that happen a lot. And by the way, that can happen in CS as well, in reverse. So let's play it out. The CEO has to cut costs. He doesn't want to cut his sales. He may take out a leader and he may say, guess what? I My top CS person can sell, lead, can CS slash lead. So, and that allows me to take out my lead who I can no longer afford. I could afford him six months ago, but I can't afford him now. So I, I th that thing happens in reverse. So sell, sell lead or service, service lead, and then lead. You can go lead, service lead, and take out the lead. You follow me? That's that's the way that's the way sometimes that, that happens. It's not a fault of the again, the individual, it's about the business situation. And if there's anything positive that have come from all the layoffs, I hate to spin it as a positive, but I'm a marketer, so I have to look for something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the layoffs have kind of um taken a lot of the stigma out of looking for a job because I think we can acknowledge that with how many there have been, there are some really talented people. It's not just cutting the fat anymore. Oh, no question. My LinkedIn network is more active inbound than I have seen it in a number of years, right? In terms of real, and I and, and I know because I've worked with these people uh, and one of my, they used to make fun of me, joke me, said, I always like, I like working with people that I know. They go, well, does that mean you're biased? I said, yeah, I am. I'm biased towards people because I knew that they could do the job. That's what I'm talking about. Not them personally, but I knew they could do the job. And why take the risk with somebody you don't know? Because the reality is hiring people you never worked with before, I always joke it's 50%. Okay. And it, the, the, the success rate of, of with people that you have worked with before is closer to 100%. Okay. And I, those are the odds I like. And right now, my LinkedIn network is lit up with some of the most talented marketing and salespeople. I've seen because of the, the what we talked about earlier, which is 200,000 taken out in the tech industry that had nothing to do in most cases with them, it had to do with the, the market. Dan, thank you for being willing to tackle tough topics. Uh, I really appreciate it. Is there anything you'd like to tell our marketing audience before we sign off? Yeah, don't take it personal. Look through the noise. These things always turn around. I already actually see it. Uh, and, and I see little little glimpses of, of, of light here in terms of the tech sector specifically. And by the way, every single sector was down. When I say the venture industry was down, if you look across, some were slightly better than others, but almost every sector was down from e-commerce to you, you take your pick, ag tech, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, hold your head up. Brighter days coming. Again, call the people that you know. <laughs> that yeah. You work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And start working with the customers right now. Talk to your you customers. <laughs> Where can people find you to network? I'm on LinkedIn and active on it, so no problem there. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibervine.com.